This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Since Republican Senator Charles Grassley called for an investigation into a group of mega-ministries and their alleged abuses of tax-exempt status, televangelist Kenneth Copeland has pledged a holy war against Brother Grassley and the Senate Finance Committee attempting to get a look at Copeland's controversial church's finances. With us today to talk about Copeland is Sarah Posner, whose new book, God's Prophets, examines the unholy alliance between a new breed of corrupt televangelist and the Republican Party. Posner is an investigative journalist covering the religious right for the American Prospect, The Nation, The Washington Spectator, and Alternet. Sarah Posner, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great. Now, you're in Maryland? Yep. What's going on there in Maryland? Is the weather nice? Are you you taking it easy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're having a little global warming. Oh, really? Freakishly warm weather here. Uh And our primary isn't until next week. (laughs) That was my next question, so next week. Okay. Yeah. No. What what do you think about it here in California? Is there anything that uh, you can can add to the... uh, the religious fervor of Obama's campaign? <laughs> well, that's actually been a really interesting thing to watch. You know, on the one hand, you have, you see a lot of religious voters turning to Obama. You can see that from the exit polling, especially in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, yet at the same time, many figures on the religious right are either still peddling the falsehood that he's a Muslim or talking about how his uh, version of Christianity um, is, too liberal and is not really Christianity at all. <laughs> does uh, does Obama? What is his professed uh, religion? Uh, the UCC, the United Church of Christ, which oh. is a liberal denomination. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, while the religious right is wanting people to talk about their religion and wanting to profess their religion, mm-hmm. you know, then they're passing judgment on which religions are okay. <laughs> well, of course, they're that's what they do. You know, I was looking at the uh, American Prospect, uh, I guess you'd call it a blog that you do, and, and saw that uh, that Christian, I, I don't know how to exactly describe it, conservative Christians are getting more and more liberal, uh, according to one poll. Is that How does that work? Well, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting thing that's in flux right now. Um, you know, the, the weekly column, it's a sort of bloggy kind of column that I write for the Prospect every week. It appears every Wednesday. Uh-huh. It's called The Fundamentalist. And... Over the past few weeks, I've been exploring the question of whether evangelical voters still are as solidly conservative and as solidly Republican as they have been in the last several election cycles. And the answer appears to be that they are turning more Democratic and they are becoming less conservative, although they still are largely conservative on a lot of those core issues like abortion and gay marriage and judges and things like that. But you do see some um, softening of that, and you also see some uh, attention being paid to other issues like poverty and the war in Iraq and global warming. Um, so, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely in flux, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't start uh, writing the obituary of the religious right <laughs> political machinery. Just now, now, is this something that Mike Huckabee is plugging into with his campaign? 
Um, there, there's been this tension within the Republican Party for a long time that was the uh, sort of the the, the Rockefeller, the well healed mm-hmm. with all the money, and then mm-hmm. then the sort of the right the conservative evangelicals who were sort of the foot soldiers, or as I've heard it put, sort of an upstairs downstairs version of the Republican Party. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Huckabee has, in his campaign, at least tried to focus sort of on an economic populist message, which encompasses the issues that you just described. Is that is that what we're is that what Huckabee has sensed and is is sort of getting into and one of the reasons for his uh, popularity? I think that partially explains it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Huckabee still definitely uh, cozies up with the most radical, mm-hmm. the most anti-church-state separation segment of the religious right, while still trying to play the I'm a conservative, I'm just not mad about it routine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a difference between evangelicals becoming less conservative and evangelicals like Huckabee coming out and saying, look, I'm just as conservative as we used to be, but I'm just not going to be really mean about it. I'm not going to say mean things about gay people, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just going to be a little bit more soft in my rhetoric. And so... You know, I think that those two things should not be confused with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think both things are going on. There's a there's a, a small segment of the evangelical community which is starting to reassess its traditional alliance with the Republican Party, and then there's um, the factor going on where uh, conservatives are 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 like I said, softening the rhetoric. Um, but that in in Huckabee's case does not mean that he's any less conservative right. on those core issues. Well, may, may, I may, shouldn't even maybe injected Huckabee into that question. It does seem, though, that the, the Republican base is beginning to look at these economic, these sort of, as uh, the, 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 the issues you described, health care, mm-hmm. poverty, uh, the war in Iraq, the sort of the morality of all of this uh, and our priorities. So that is, that's, a, that's a good thing to see. We're it speaking. is a good thing to see, yes. Yeah. We're speaking with Sarah Posner. The book is God's Prophets, Faith, Fraud, and the Republican Crusade for Values Voters. Now, you talk a lot about the gospel of prosperity in your book. Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Well, the gospel of prosperity is a version of Christianity that many Christians don't even think is Christian, Mm -hmm. which basically says God wants you to be rich, and God has given you, as a believer, um, the ability to call that wealth into existence for yourself. It's a, it's a, it's a thing called positive confession. Mm-hmm. And so you have the ability, with your faith and with the force of your words, to uh, call all of that into existence for yourself. And if you can't, that probably means you don't have enough faith. Another facet of it, which is what you probably see when you flip on a lot of the religious broadcasting on television, is that you will also uh, get rich if you give your money um, to a televangelist or your pastor who preaches the prosperity gospel. So what you'll see there is uh, the televangelist telling their viewers to sow a seed, and then you will reap a harvest. You will reap a hundred or a thousandfold return on your investment. Mm -hmm. And, and and give me a cut of it. Exactly. Well, exactly. What you're <laughs> yeah. supposed to do is give them 10% of your income, and that will make you, you know, along with your ability to positively confess your mm-hmm. abundance, that will make you rich as well. Yeah. Well, let's start naming names here, because I can flip on the TV, and uh-huh. I see guys like Kenneth Copeland, mm-hmm. and I see the John Hagees, and I see the Rod Parsleys, and the John... 
Paul and Jan Crouch. Are right. those? Am I identifying some of the, the big players here? Absolutely. Uh, Copeland is probably the biggest player. And, of course, the Crouches um, give everybody else the ability to get that message out there by having, having them on their television broadcasting. Now, they uh, now identify just how, how big uh, a platform this is, for the, the TBN network. Well, the TBN network is available on virtually every um, cable and satellite system that's available in the United States. They also own several broadcast stations, so that in many um, in many markets, people who don't have cable or satellite still have access to the programming. Um, they they claim that that their their broadcasting reaches uh, over 90 million households in the United States. Obviously, whether that many people are actually watching it is right. something different, but that's, that's how, how far the reach is. And they're also broadcasting all over the world, including in you know, predominantly Muslim countries as well. So then but the, and they're headquartered here, right here yeah. in our, our own little uh, right. burg of uh, Costa Mesa, California. Have you had an opportunity to see their headquarters here in Orange County? I've never been to their headquarters. Oh, you got to see it. But, uh, I've been to their uh, their broadcast centers in Atlanta oh, and Texas. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Are they as ornate as uh, I imagine they would be? Yes, they're quite ornate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny here in Orange County, uh, we have South Coast Plaza, which is the big retail shopping center. And there's others, but it is the, the first one. And right across the freeway. Yeah. From from South Coast Plaza is TBN, mm-hmm. and during the holiday season, it's just a a mass of white light. It, it's 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 probably got its own. Uh, it's dominated one generator. Uh, one one dam somewhere uh, in America is 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 is, uh, is powering this uh, thing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the Crouches are terribly interested in global warming. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's quite every. I think all the buildings are white. I mean, yeah. they're, well, they're that sort of. Pure white, so they, yeah, and it's it's something you've this, got to this come This is out a network that had. I remember at one point in time uh, they had people uh, breaking bricks with their heads for Jesus. Oh yeah, the the big you know? the the God Squad, the big yeah, burly the God, God Squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it's yeah, how how do you uh, get then a senator like Charles Grassley mm-hmm. to to uh, organize a investigation into people like this who are raising money and avoiding their taxes and and. Uh, uh, living opulent lifestyles based on a gospel of of, uh, Jesus. of Jesus, yeah. Well, you know, Grassley has said over and over again that he's not interested in, in delving into ter- church doctrine, that as has been his practice throughout his career, he's interested in making sure that the tax laws still work and the tax laws are still being enforced. And so he is solely interested in, you know, where is the tax-exempt money going to? Is mm-hmm. it going to for-profit companies that are controlled by uh, Kenneth Copeland and his family? Is the tax-exempt money going to, you know, build mansions or buy private jets or buy luxury cars and so forth for the televangelists? So, you know, that's been his defense all along. He says it's just like when I investigated the United Way or any other number of uh, tax-exempt organizations that were... um, thought to be, you know, violating their tax-exempt status in one way or another. Yet the resistance to his investigation from the televangelists and a lot of their supporters has been, oh, this is the government crossing the line and, you know, going, you know, putting its nose into church affairs. Mm -hmm. Well, let's identify that. Charles Grassley, 
one of the more he's one of the more bedrock conservative Republican uh, con- uh, senators in the mm-hmm. Senate mm-hmm. Uh, from Idaho. Am I right? Iowa. Iowa. Okay. I didn't see it. I knew it was an I. Ida- <laughs> Iowa, and uh, has decided um, as as I, he used to be the the chairman of the committee finance, yeah. finance yeah, committee. He's the ranking member. He's the ranking member now, and has decided that it was time to look into the affairs, the financial affairs of these six. I think it's six. It uh, is six. Yep. Top six uh, uh, televangelists, and uh, he's just basically asking some very fundamental questions. Pardon the, uh, pardon that word, but very <laughs> fundamental questions about where the money is coming from and where it's going to. And he's and he now is he taking any real political heat in his own state for this? Is he suffering the the consequences of this in any way? That I don't think so. I mean, he's he's very popular in yeah. Iowa, yeah. and um, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, what kind of heat he's taking uh, from, you know, members of his own party. I know he's taking a lot of heat from a lot of figures in the evangelical community. Right. Um, But the thing that people need to understand is that, you know, non-religious nonprofit organizations have to file tax returns with the IRS that are available to the public so anybody can go and see how much money is going in, where all the money is going out to, how, what big, what kind of salary the uh, officers make, whereas religious nonprofits, churches, mosques, synagogues don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them voluntarily open up their books to their members or prospective donors, but what's notable about the prosperity televangelists is that they refuse to do that. Mm. Wow. And how's that going? <laughs> I mean, are they, who, who essentially, where are, we, committing where, where are we in the process of them finding out? Well, um, Grassley originally sent the six televangelists, who are Kenneth Copeland, um, Eddie Long, Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, Paula White, and Benny Him. He sent them all letters asking for this financial information, and only one of them, uh, Joyce Meyer, uh, gave him the information he was looking for. Mm-hmm. So he is again reminding them, and he's getting ready to send another round of letters reminding them of their obligation to comply with the committee's request. I think they don't want to go down the route of issuing subpoenas, which obviously he would have to get the Democrats on board with that, um, just because of the legal wrangling that would be involved um, with uh, getting subpoenas and having the subpoenas resisted. Um, but I think that uh, because of how outspoken they've been, as you pointed out, Copeland was very outspoken about not complying, um, that might be the route that they have to take. Mm-hmm. There's nothing extraordinary about the the information that Grassley is seeking from these from these people, right? There's there's nothing out uh, uh, there's nothing that appears that that a legitimate charge that this is a witch hunt in some way. No, I mean he's he he's working on reliable information that you know money going into the Copeland ministry, for example, has gone to pay for the ministry's twenty million dollar jet, which the Copelands have used for their own personal use. Mm-hmm. Um, or that money going into the ministry has gone out to various for-profit companies controlled by the Copelands, um, cattle, oil and gas, you know, other interests outside the ministry that have gone, you know, and that tax-exempt money has gone into those, um, to those interests. And so he is trying to get confirmation and a better understanding of, of all of that, and that's what Copeland doesn't want to give him. We're speaking with Sarah Posner. The book is God's Prophet, Faith, Fraud, and the Republican Crusade for Values Voters. Then my next question has to do with, then what is the connection here? How of these people we've been talking about, who is most prominent among them that has been in the forefront of Republican Party politics? 
Well, Kenneth Copeland for many years has been more in the background supportive of Republican candidates. Um, I mean, they're pretty, you know, when they go on TV, they're pretty clear. They say, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating that you vote for a Republican or a Democrat, but, you know, listen to what I think about these issues, you know, yeah. abortion, gay marriage, whatever. Um, and, and, but behind the scenes, he's been very supportive of both Bushes, um, and I talk about that a lot in the book, mm-hmm. um, how he was sought after um, by both Bushes for uh, his large audience and the influence that he has on that audience. And then more recently, he's been very explicitly supportive of Mike Huckabee. He basically gave him a week of free airtime on his uh, television program, where once again, they said, oh, well, we're not talking about the election. We're talking about character. We're talking about these other, you know, non-political issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and he's, you know, he also raised money for Huckabee as well. So that's that's as blatant as he's been, but he has been behind the scenes uh, for Republicans for quite some time. Now, now when Huckabee fades, what happens to uh, Copeland's support? Where where does I guess in general where does the Christian right go? Well, that's a really interesting uh, question. Um, you know, because a lot of them really don't like McCain, although you know McCain has been getting some evangelical support. Um, if McCain is the nominee, um, I would expect him to work hard to get their support, to be able to have their get-out-the-vote operation in November uh, for him. And he may well pick someone as a vice presidential running mate who has good uh, outreach into that, into that voter base. Mm-hmm. Someone yep. like Huckabee, maybe somebody like Sam Brownback. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all remains to be seen. But I think that these people will want to be courted. They will want to be... Um, persuaded by uh, McCain that he has their interests at heart. The, I just this is maybe a little off subject, but the, when you're channel surfing, I'll, I'll, I'll I will stay on TBN for a few few minutes to see what's going on. And uh, the guy that really appalls me, and I know he has some sway and uh, some real political pull in Washington, is this John Hagee. Mm-hmm. He's out of Texas, I believe. Yeah, he's in San Antonio. And he has been uh, very, very active. Uh, we've had, we had someone on a few weeks ago talking about American Zionism, mm-hmm. and Christian Zionism, right. I guess. And, and he identifies himself as a Christian Zionist, I believe. Yeah. I mean, and he has been very, he's been leaning on the, uh, on the Bush administration to be much more proactive in terms of Israel, protecting Israel and uh, the end times and Armageddon. Oh, do do these guys generally are they end times guys are they are they in that camp yes very okay. much so okay. um Hagee started the organization Christian Uni- Christians United for Israel which has very rapidly become a very influential voice for Christian Zionists and many of the people that he brought in to the organization and many of the people who are serving in leadership positions in the organization are his fellow prosperity televangelists. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of them use the whole idea that, you know, the end is coming and the rapture is about to happen to get, um, to get their listeners to give them money. Benny Hinn, in particular, who's also one of the televangelists that Grassley is investigating, mm-hmm. often talks about how, oh, I need to save as many souls as I can before the rapture comes. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, when the rapture comes, if you're not saved, you're going to be 
left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses that as a way of raising money. Oh, you have to give me money so I can I have the money to preach, you know, preach the gospel around the world and save as many souls because, you know, the end is coming soon. Right. And um, so that's where the tie-in is between this end times theology and the prosperity gospel. It's often used as a fundraising tactic. So, and, and another sort of thread in all of this is the, uh, the faith healing. So you've got people that they're saving, they're, they're saving their souls and they're saving them physically in order to essentially ply them for more money. But uh, it, it's, uh, it really is just a... Do you yeah, see these people as true believers or opportunists? I mean, is there, or, or is there a mixture yeah. in there? Or is, does hey, do you really believe everything that he's saying? Or is he uh, also just making a, a killing, Sarah, taking advantage of, of people who would believe uh, that, that they're going to fly up to heaven when, when there's a second coming? Sarah, can you look into their soul? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, none of them, none of them wanted to be interviewed for the book. Okay, <laughs> but I have talked to people who know them, and uh, I think that they really convinced themselves, you know, that that all of what they're saying is true, and they're expecting the rapture to happen, and you know, they're expecting that they're going to be raptured up to heaven when the mm-hmm. rapture happens. Either that, or they'll be one of the uh, the remnant, the people who are left during the tribulation, who will be saving souls and preaching the gospel, um, despite the fact that the Antichrist is ruling the world. Um, but I really do think that they believe um, that. I mean, there's obviously a crass element to it because, you know, they use their, you know, the faith, the whole, the whole faith he- healing canard to raise money. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, they very much believe in, um, again, that's part of the prosperity message, you know, that the ability of the believer to not only call their wealth into existence, but to call their good health into existence. And they, a lot of the televangelists claim to have, you know, some sort of anointing from God, which gives them the ability to heal people who ask for their prayers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's more troubling, the cynical manipulation of people or this sort of blind allegiance, this sort of, uh, you know, fanaticism. I don't know what, is, what scares me more about these people. Yeah, it's it's all very disturbing, and I think you know when you go and see um, see it happening, you see how much um, this sort of like very fundamentalist view of religion still drives a lot of people in our country into believing something that's entirely irrational. Um, you know, because I went to a faith healing service that Rod Parsley held in Texas, yeah. and you know the place was just packed to overflow rooms. Yeah. You know, people wanting to get a piece of this. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask: Is there is there a way out of this for, for this country? Because it seems like we've we've gotten carried away. Do you see an end coming to this? An end to the end time philosophy? Or, or <laughs> an end do- to the end time philosophy? Gosh, I mean, you know, you look at you know how many books Tim LaHaye sold. You know, yeah. basically peddling a fictionalized version of it. It's a really popular. It's a really popular narrative. I mean, a lot of people obviously, <laughs> a lot of evangelical Christians well. don't believe it. Obviously, um, but it's it's it's. It's yeah. really a, a bedrock belief for a lot of people. Yeah, and there's two observations that I, I really think we need to make here. And one is that to the extent that American foreign policy is a reflection of American domestic policy and sort of the mindset of America. And the second thing is, which has never been fully explained or fully, uh, yeah, explained, was is that uh, Bush's adherence, what, at what level does he plug in to this end-time philosophy? 
I don't think he plugs it, he buys into it at all. You don't? Okay. I don't. Well, but I do think that, um, you know, that as part of the very crass effort to get as many votes as they possibly can, the Republican Party has, um, you know, cozied up with a lot of the purveyors of this end times philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I also think that uh, Hagee has done a remarkably good job at talking out of both sides of his mouth. For example, in his church, talking a lot about the rapture in the end times, but when he comes to Washington and is lobbying Congress or, you know, meeting with somebody at the White House or meeting with Bush's national security staff, uh, very much talking about it in terms of foreign policy. Yeah. But how he gets his followers behind him is by talking about the end times. Right. Well, it definitely, it's a... Uh... It's something that we all need to be more aware of, at least because it does have a profound influence on the government and, our, and the policy, and especially foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to thank you very much for being here on uh, Weekly Signal, Sarah Posner. The book is God's Prophet, Faith, Fraud, and the Republican Crusade for Valley's Voters. Thank you so much thank for Thank you being for here. having me. To learn more about Weekly Signal's interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.